It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! 14 USA gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks. And ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. I stopped. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hey, what's up, everyone? That's Kevin. What's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling your friends. Keep telling your friends. I'm assuming most of you saw the exciting news. We now have t-shirts. Kevin, what is the easiest way for them to find our t-shirts? You can go to thequackattack.threadless.com. That's thequackattack.threadless.com. Wow, you do that without having to read it off like a cue card or anything. Yeah, man. Well done. Um, And uh, there will be more t-shirts coming, uh, hopefully on a regular basis, uh, time time allowing. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll uh, we'll tweet them out as they come and kind of keep you guys informed and in the loop. And we'll have links in the the show notes, of course. Yes. Yes. I'll put a link to the store in the show notes. We have our Quackalite shirt that is out. The Quackalite. There will be multiple editions of oh. the Quackalite, so this is the first edition. This is version of, 1.0. Yes. That's good this to know. This is the Quackalite 1, effectively. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And it's not just t-shirts. You can get, like, sweatshirts. You can get stuff that your baby wears. Yeah, little little onesies. Yeah. Got, a, got maybe a little Quackalite on the way, you know, maybe you have a friend, you know, that has a baby on the way. Exactly. Exactly. So Maybe you're a baby yourself. That's true. true. Babies do listen to our show. We have lots of baby listeners. Yeah, so a lot of options there, a lot of things. You can find something that fits into your life and pick up a shirt. And we'll probably have some contests or two that you could win a shirt. And if you already have the Quacklight shirt, we can save it and we'll send you our newly designed shirt when it comes out. Or maybe Kevin will design one specifically for you. Um, Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. Tommy, what is our topic today? Uh, Today, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the life of Luis Mendoza. Yes, we've kind of talked about him in bits and pieces throughout our um, anthology, I guess, our podcast anthology. I don't know if that's the right... I was going to say escapades. (laughs) That sounds dirtier. Um, But we haven't really talked about him just in one-stop shopping one place bring it all together so we mentioned episode 78 two episodes ago that uh benny the jet rodriguez is luis mendoza's father benny the jet of course is from the sandlot yes and sandlot documentary documentary sorry and we determined that kind of benny the jet or i guess luis mendoza's mother uh kind of fell out of favor with baseball after her escapades with Benny the Jet, and he gets into hockey. Uh, My question is, playing in Miami, this is 1993, right when the Florida Panthers start here, how does Luis get good? 
Well, first, just for those who may not have listened to the episode, we decided that Benny the Jet, you know, met up with Luis's mother, maybe at spring training or something like that. We we uncovered. Uncovered. Yeah. We discovered. We did a lot of open records requests to find out, things like that. Um, but Benny the Jet did not know about Luis. Yes. Correct. Because he seems like the kind of guy who'd want to be part of his dad's life or his son's life. Correct. Correct. And during that time, the Dodgers played in Florida, about two hours away from Miami. So it all fits. The time frame fits and everything. Uh, so back to the question. How does Luis get good at hockey growing up in Miami? Not a very big kind of hockey hotbed. I think we kind of touched on it where, you know, Luis's mom, you know, she had this kid from this baseball player and she just got so soured on the experience that she's like, you're never going to touch a baseball in your life. And she thinks, what's the exact opposite of baseball? Hockey. And maybe it's uh, like, I don't know what the equivalent in hockey would be. uh, Like they're like ball boys or towel boys in in basketball. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, like, was it Larry Fitzgerald was like the ball boy for the Vikings back in the day. And so maybe it was a situation like that where he like he had a part time job at the Panthers facility or something. So and he used his spare time on the ice. Well, when did the Panthers get there? The Panthers were established 1993 was their first season. So that's already mm. when Luis is playing in the Junior Goodwill Games. Oh, okay. Well, but, maybe it was like building up to it because we know he can't stop. Yes. And so he clearly he has been playing all his life. Yes. And so maybe it's something where he was like a sprinter or something like that. And then it's like, he's like, oh, I should go out for baseball. Like maybe he's getting in middle school. And mom's like, no, you're not going out for baseball. Oh, they're opening a hockey rink. Why don't you try out that? Turns out he's really good. He just can't stop. But, you know, maybe local scouts see him around the the rink or whatever. He's just a natural athlete. Okay. I and they can say, see we, that. we can market this kid. And so maybe that's how he gets to Team USA. All right. All right. And I mean, Kevin, he could have been a stick boy for like a minor league team as well. Yeah. Before the Panthers showed up. Um, just why can't he stop? Is this like a physical thing or is it like a mental thing or he just never learned? I think it's psychological. Yeah, I think he does know how to stop. He just doesn't, like, realize it. Like, he skates around for, like, he just goes, like, 100 miles an hour, you know, on his uh, on his shifts. And, you know, they change shift. And he skates to the bench and just kind of hops in. Doesn't even realizing that, yes, you were slowing down. You were going to stop. So maybe he just can't stop on, like, a dime like you should be able to. He's kind of like Rube Baker of, uh, from Major League. Yeah. You know, he can throw the ball back to the pitcher. It's just that hit these mental blocks don't allow him to do it. And so he just screws up all the time. So I think it's a similar situation going on here. Interesting. So maybe he should do like Rube Baker had to do and like start looking at lingerie magazines and dirty <laughs> magazines and start memorizing the articles and recite them whenever he's playing hockey. That would probably solve the problem. Interesting. I think this is the first case we really have of the yips coming into hockey. So In a very specific part of the game, too. Yes, a very integral part of the game. Do you think that's actually how Luis got over his fear? Like the whole like skating into soda cans, yeah, that probably helped. But looking at the lingerie magazines, that's probably and maybe yeah. that's why as soon as he gets to high school, he's like, I'm gonna mack on all these chicks after looking at all these mm-hmm. magazines. I need he's to, like a pro yeah. at this point. He's like, I need to to stop looking at magazines and and do it for real. Yeah, and that's why he's going after the because older he's women. the only kid in high school doing that. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing there is. He does stop in D2. He stops once. He gets to Eden Hall. First game, Blake Bears. He has to jump over the net. He can't stop there. So 
I think there's a question out there whether he can even stop consistently going up through Eden Hall. So I don't know if he he uh, really does he ever learn to conquer this uh, stopping. I think it comes and goes and fits, you know. Yeah, I mean, it probably is like a real psychological thing. It depends on what else is going on in his life. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So he's down in Miami. How does Tibbles find him in this? Uh, obviously, Tibbles looking across the country, looking for interesting stories and stuff. But how does he find a young Luis Mendoza? Do you think Hendricks was like looking to maybe sponsor or be like an apparel partner with the Florida Panthers? Mm. And, you know, obviously, this has to happen, you know, years before the team comes into existence. And so maybe he's down there on a trip and he spots him. Maybe while he's like the minor league stick boy for some club. I like it. I like it a lot. Or uh, it could be something where maybe his mom like wrote a thousand letters to Tibbles, you know, saying that he should take a look at her son. And finally he was like, all right, I'm I just, I'm just going to do this. And then he was like impressed enough that he gave him a shot. Oh, okay. So yeah, I can see that as well. Maybe it's a combination of both. I could also see Tibbles maybe <laughs> Tibbles is a very uh, very much a sports fan, right? Yes. And so he's in LA and doesn't Benny the Jet play for the Dodgers? He does. Okay. And so he goes out to Miami, he sees a kid and he immediately recognizes that looks like Benny the Jet and he says, "I'm going to make a fortune by getting this kid to meet the dad, selling the movie rights, you know, selling pitching this story like Hendrix brought these two this family together and these two great athletes and they're both sponsored by Hendrix. So maybe he was singing, I'm going to make a, make a couple of quick bucks like this way too. So did he ever do it? Uh, after, so after the Goodwill games, do you think, uh, I think it'd have to happen during the Goodwill games. You think like Benny, the Jets, like at the, at the arena? Oh, I mean, they are in LA. That makes sense. I think like immediately after maybe like you don't want to distract him during the Goodwill game. Maybe, oh, or maybe, maybe on, a t- on a talk show, like after, <laughs> you know, they're making the rounds on all the like late night shows and stuff. Or maybe he like finally meeting his dad is actually like the day, like the day before he first, he stops for the first time. Oh, and that's oh. what triggered it. Wow. Wow. That, that would fit. That would fit. He's finally like this gap in his life, like not having this father is finally filled and that's prevent that's allowed him to fill this gap on the ice of his stopping ability but then maybe benny the jet tells him that he doesn't want to be a part of his life and then he can't stop anymore (laughs) after that or he just goes to eden hall and is far away and he still feels that like abandonment yeah yeah i I think i think uh, abandonment is probably bigger. or maybe benny the jet dies oh maybe how would he die i mean people die every day tommy that's (laughs) That's true. But maybe he ran too fast and r- into maybe a wall. Maybe he ran into to Rube at home plate. Yeah. Trying to steal home. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Okay, let's go back now to we first meet Luis. He's skating. Averman drops the good-looking skater, right, Guy? And then Guy kind of hits him and whatever. Is there tension between Guy and Luis going forward? It depends on how Connie plays it, really. If, Ooh. Because I can imagine Connie just being like, oh, you know, nice to meet you. I'm Connie. And then Guy being like, what the fuck? <laughs> Back up, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how does Connie play it then? 
Well, maybe actually because they say good looking skater and then he like can't stop. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, this guy's a clown. He can't even stop. So maybe Guy then isn't actually like threatened. Okay. But I but I, I can totally see like Connie just like flirting with him just to get under Guy's skin. Yeah. You know, just be, that just seems like something Connie would do. Yeah. Especially if they're like fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like it. So he runs into Goldberg during that same sort of practice session. Yeah. Thanks for breaking my fall. Exactly. Which was nice to say. And then he and Goldberg kind of team up to get Dwayne with the old feather and shaving cream trip. Kenny Woods there, too. Classic. So, yeah, so what is the relationship between Goldberg here and Louise? You know, I never really thought about it, but it seems like uh, you know they were pretty friendly. And I can imagine Louise saying, like, after practice, being like, hey, sorry for, you know, running into you. It's a problem I have or whatever. Mm-hmm. I- and I can see how both of them are kind of like the, you know, kind of like to joke around and that kind of thing. So I could see them hitting it off. Okay. So how much involvement does he have in this prank on Dwayne? Is this a Goldberg-like thing that he just joins in on, or is he part of the planning of you know, it see, all? See, I don't really necessarily think that Luis likes to joke around as much. I think he But knows. once he gets started, he can't stop. <laughs> uh, very nice. Um, so I think Goldberg, you know, definitely is the mastermind behind the shaving cream prank. Oh, yeah. And Luis is like, oh, yeah, I'll go along with it. And so, because Luis is just there to, you know, kind of make friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that works. Uh, he's kind of the forgotten hero in that last game against Iceland, if you think about it, because... He scores the person who makes it five. He scores, makes it five four with two minutes left to go. Then he dishes the drop pass back to Russ to tie the game. But he is left out of the shootout lineup. Is he upset about this? Where would uh, okay? Let me answer that with another question. Who? Where would you put? Would or would you have put him in the lineup? That's a good question. I think you got to look at the game situation, and he's probably playing pretty well. Uh, I mean, we've talked about our shoot-up lineups before. I don't remember what I said. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think he 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 could have been in there. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised to see him in there. And he does kind of have a hot hand going. So if you pull out maybe like a a Fulton like a defenseman who you're relying on to hit the net one out of five, I could swap swap him in there right then. Well, I have a question. Is there some kind of like, is would a penalty be nullified if you like, obviously if you like collide into the goalie, but if you like skate too close to him, would it be nullified or does it matter if you're skating in the crease or anything like that? Not in a shootout situation. Like he could score. And run into the goalie, and it, if as long as it crosses the goal line before he disrupts the goalie, they should count that as a goal. Now, you get some refereeing. If it's close, you don't know. It's judgment call. But uh, there would be nothing really, uh, no rules that would really prevent him from stopping as, or, or really hurt him that he because he couldn't stop as long as uh, he scored before colliding with anything or anybody. Well, maybe we did talk earlier about him potentially having the yips and then not being able to stop until his dad. And, you know, maybe the Dodgers had a road game that day. And, yeah, he, he did play have a, a great game, but 
you know, we didn't necessarily see that he did stop. So maybe Bombay wanted to make sure that, like, hey, like you need to take a seat. Like, you've been playing well, but can't let those yips come back. <laughs> okay. If it goes to extras, how far down the lineup do you think Bombay goes before he goes to uh, Mendoza? So, wait. So, what's the lineup in this in this case? It's so I I don't know if I'll get all five in the correct order, but it's it's Gee, Dwayne, Fulton, Jesse, and then Banks. Those are, those are your five. So let's say it's tied after five. You go to kind of a sudden, not really a sudden death, but one shot each. I'd say he's probably win. in the next next two. You may might have Connie go. Mm-hmm. Actually, you might have Portman go. I mean, he's uh, I don't know. That's that's tough. And remember, Charlie's on the bench now, and you can't yes. have Russ go. Russ isn't a. You know, they're not going to fool him again. I don't think Portman's a candidate though either. So do you do you go Connie and then maybe Averman? Hmm. And then Mendoza? I think Averman and Mendoza are probably pretty interchangeable at that point. I would go Mendoza over Averman. Really? Yeah. Just cuz uh I mean Averman does show off some nice hands in this in the uh third one. What about it? Kenny Wu? Oh. Oh yeah, I'd go with Wu over all of them. I go Wu 6th and Okay, so Wu 6th and then Connie seven. Yeah. And then Luis. Yeah, I think so. All right, so that's so. So he wasn't even really close to getting. Yeah, some. and you also have to think about because I can imagine Averman, his head's gonna be nuts because like as, he, as soon as he goes up there, he's gonna be like, oh my god, if I miss this, I'm gonna lose it. But also, he'll be on the bench the entire time, like, like oh no, it's gonna get to me, and I, I know I'm gonna screw it up or something, <laughs> and he'll probably be talking really loudly, and so then maybe Luis is like, oh, I, need, I better score so Averman doesn't have to do this and screw it up, and then mm-hmm. maybe gets into Luis's head. All right, all right. So we go on. He goes to Eden Hall. I'm worried about him not really being able to stop consistently as he goes to Eden Hall. I feel like that's frustrating for a coach. Uh, <laughs> Especially a coach so focused on fundamentals. Yeah, exactly. So do, how is his relationship uh, as they go through Eden Hall here with him not being able to stop? I bet Coach Orion immediately is just like, okay, you're staying for three hours after practice and you're stopping and then this shit's going to like stop right now. Like, are you kidding me? I can imagine like, I'm like, oh, here's your roster. By the way, this guy can't stop. Because <laughs> he probably, he got away with it when he was a kid. Yeah. But can't get away with it at this level. Okay. So, so I, I think that they, they fix that pretty quickly. But yeah. It still crops up though. That's what freshmen freshman uh teams are for to mm-hmm. fix i mean that's a pretty glaring error but <laughs> to fix things like that okay so he does finally break through that's good that <laughs> breakthrough breaks nice <laughs> nice that'll work a little unintentional pun there yeah exactly no pun intended but i like it it was pun intentional oh <laughs> okay moving forward wow okay as kevin said moving forward does Luis face any sort of retaliation uh, after the game, after he hooks up with Mindy from uh, Johnny Riley, steals his girlfriend there? Is there retaliation? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, think I don't gets, see I think can. he catches a beat down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's just the beginning. 
and it's I don't see how you can just like oh sorry and he's I mean he's not gonna be like oh well I guess you know I should I should be the big man and just kind of <laughs> yeah. let it go like, that doesn't no. seem very much in his nature to begin with <laughs> no M- much less having just lost yeah. Okay, so is this like a team versus team thing again? Do, do the Ducks try to like step up behind him, or is this something he's got to work out by himself? I think it. I think it spirals into like a team versus team thing. I think initially, uh, Riley and uh, I'm not going to be able to think of his name. Uh, the Cole. big guy, Cole. 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 Yeah, go after him and like beat the shit out of him, and then it just escalates from there. I can imagine Charlie being like, hey, just let her go, whatever. But then Gee being like, no, you should keep going after her <laughs> so he doesn't like get any ideas about Connie. And so it keeps escalating and Gee's like, oh, you guys should, you know, go hang out or whatever. Mm-hmm. I got your back. Don't worry. I'll cover for you. How does it affect his standing at school? Because on one hand, he's getting with the hot cheerleader. On the other hand, he, like Riley's over here and he's kind of the king of the school at this point. But... He's also just lost. Well, to I the think JV. Riley is definitely dethroned. I mean, they lose the game, and everyone saw your girlfriend making out <laughs> with this freshman. I mean, his his yeah, high school life is that. over. Yeah, he may as well just drop out. I mean, and this is also this is before the season, right? Well, like, did we, we I ever think establish we determined that? It was kind of a midseason game, just because. Oh yeah, because yeah. they had played some games. That's yeah. right. So I mean, if I don't know, I I think is. His like street cred is definitely taking a pretty big hit, um, but I mean, if they come back and win the title, like, yeah. So I mean, Riley could like kind of just focus on hockey then, and be like, well, you know, fuck her, or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna go become a famous NHL player, and then she'll rue the day that she crossed me. Mm-hmm. Or it could just totally screw him up. Yeah. And then I can imagine the coach being like, going to the cheerleader, being like, hey, you have to get back with him because he's <laughs> like ruining our season. What if it's like the dean's daughter? Oh, Mindy. I don't I don't think she's the Dean Buckley's daughter. No. That's never established in the documentaries. No. What so. if it's like a key booster's daughter? That would be interesting. I mean, the Ducks have already kind of won their scholarships back. So, I don't think they're as loathed from the boosters or the board's uh eyes as they were before. So, I don't think that's really that big of a deal, but who knows? Does this help Mendoza's status then? I mean, he's probably the man to everyone. Oh, yeah. Dude's the king. (laughs) Okay. Do you think his hockey game suffers, though, because of it? I don't think he cares. (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) sure, but do you think he, like, starts loafing at practice or something or, you know, doesn't have his mind focused on hockey? I don't know if he ever really did. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like a one-trick pony. Yeah. So I don't know how much. It, like, I don't think he gets as good as he could be because he's running around chasing Mindy and all that kind of stuff. And also remember, Mindy, she, she's a senior, right? So she graduates. Yeah. And I don't think Mendoza is like, a, oh, well, you know, catch up every other weekend. <laughs> no. He's like, see you later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it hurts him that freshman year, and then he just goes back to doing what he does yeah. uh, the rest of the years. Now, and maybe he was just doing it to, like, fuck with Riley. <laughs> oh, yeah. He didn't so. even care about Mindy. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Now, we've talked before in, uh, I believe it was episode seven, about the pro potential of every Mighty Duck. We said that Luis... Might get seen by the U.S. Olympic Committee, become a speed skater, that kind of deal. 
is he successful in that endeavor? I don't I don't know how like I mean it's a completely different thing, right? I mean Yes. Even different skates. Yes. Right? Like <laughs> so it's I don't know. Uniforms and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh I, I don't know how easy or difficult that transition would be, could be. I mean And I don't necessarily think he has the appropriate build. Uh, I'm just kind of guessing here, but I think speed skaters are pretty like skinny. I mean, they're definitely very strong in their lower body, but I thought Mendoza always was kind of like not burly or anything, but he seemed like pretty small. Yeah. It wasn't like, I don't know if there's like supposed to be like, do you need to be like tall or something like Apollo Ono? Is he? Well, Oh, well, I mean, there's a difference between long track and short track. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It is fascinating though. I will say that I will, I will watch speed skating all day, every day. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially the they, short track. Oh, yeah, when they fall. Each other. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, I think he's definitely marketable. And so maybe that increases how much attention he gets and also potential coaches who maybe want to go to him. How do they ever get him off the track? Because he can't stop. <laughs> so he's just going to continue going. I think he's just got to like... They just gotta like, throw a stick in front of him or something. I think Dwayne has to be there to wrangle him every time, <laughs> like a parachute. <laughs> yeah. No, he just crosses the finish line and then glides. Into glides the for another four minutes or something then, around the like track. His coach is, uh, his coach is just at the end of the boards trying to like hold him from flipping over it. But, um, so. So you're saying that they don't? He doesn't really translate over well. I mean, maybe I think he. I think the potential is there. We need to get a speed skater on the show. To we need to get Apollo Ono on yeah. the show. He's not doing anything right now, is he? Yeah, that's a good point. Olympics aren't for another two. Mike, Mike, Mike will get him on the show. Yeah, so. Apollo. Shout out! Shout, shout out! out to I was Apollo. waiting for you to say. I wasn't. No, I wasn't sure we were still saying shout out after uh, <laughs> the, that email. But shout out, uh, Apollo! You want to come on the show? Hit us up thequarterdeck.com. Contact us. Okay. Now, Kevin, do you have the quack question? I do. Give me one second. Um, First of o- all, real open-ended ending there to Mendoza. I don't think we've ever had like a maybe he's successful or not. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm, so I'm going to say that I think he makes the Olympic team as a speed skater. I'll say short he's track like, or long track. It's got to be short track. Yeah, right? short track. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Short track. I think he's I think he's good, but I don't think he's like great. He's like the seventh best American. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he makes the team or but he doesn't medal maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he's like in there, he's able to get somehow like being contention for bronze or something. Yeah, he's like on the like, bottom big, end of the there's team. There's a big crash in front yeah, and, of him. And or he's something. you know, played hockey, so he's a strong guy. So yeah. he can, you know, maybe yeah. push a couple people out of the way. Yeah. And, and re- he- real quick, what does he do after? Does he just like Taking the endorsements, or him and Benny the Jet have like a father and son like Kevin, restaurant or something. He, he he owns a brakes shop. Oh, oh, there you go. And then the commercial is like really cheesy. Is like I used to not be able to stop. Exactly. That's why I opened Mendoza. How old gold is that? Nice. Like, All right. Yeah, and but, he's real successful at it. I mean, there's one question I think everyone's wondering, Kevin: uh, illegitimate children. Oh, I mean, through the roof. Like, <laughs> you don't think he was like I think he's like because he, he was an illegitimate child? He's like, uh, who was that running back for the Bills? Travis Henry, didn't he have like 14 illegitimate well, children? Brian Urlacher has like 10 or 11. Really? Yeah. I didn't the know The pride that. of New Mexico, baby. <laughs> 
But wow. him being like an illegitimate kid himself, he's not like, hey, I didn't grow up with a dad. I don't want to do this. No. So he's like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, because that's normally how life works. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was a drug addict, so I'm not going to be a drug addict. That's, it always works like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it does. <laughs> But yeah, through the roof. Through just we don't have any sort of uh, number. Just through. The uh, roof. I'll I'll say thirteen. Lucky 13. thirteen. Does he oh, though yeah. at least try to like send him like a birthday card each year? Uh, I mean, Is he, like in as their he lives? can. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's pretty well off. So. I mean, they're all over the all over the place. Yeah. You know? I mean, he traveled the world with the Olympic team. <laughs> so, how know. many of the thirteen does he know about? I'll say he knows about seven of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The other ones, the the women don't even know. Who the father is? Oh, oh wow! So that's the kind of woman that he's uh, looking for. Well, you know, that's the kind of man he is. Those speed skating groupies. You know? <laughs> yeah, Apollo knows. Apollo yeah. can tell us He'll when he us comes know. on the show. Yeah, yeah. All right, Kevin, give us the quack question. Okay, this uh, this week's quack question comes from Quackalike Chris Garland, who is at CJGJMG, which is very. Confusing, but <laughs> congratulations on that Twitter handle. Um, okay, Chris's question is, what duck's mother was busy with the mailman, and what has he been delivering? It's such an amazing question. And remember, this is in reference to uh, D1 when they're skating, they find the uh, magazines. And it's like, you don't even know what to do with that. Or does your mommy know you have that? It's like, nah, she's busy with the mailman. Okay, yeah. That's- I think we all know what he's delivering. <laughs> That's interesting. So do you think it is limited to those ducks that were just at that little scene with the hawks? Well, we've already established that Carp has a very loving family. True. So not Carp. Peter, however, we've said like probably comes from not a great home. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if like Peter's parents initially split up because the mom was busy with the mailman. And that was just a shot at Peter. And like the entire school knew or something like that. Just trying to rile up Peter. Mm. So Peter's mom is definitely uh, busy with the mailman, I think. Yeah. see that. Peter stays kind of calm in that situation, though. He, well, he riles up Carp. Yeah, he gets Carp to do his fighting for him. Let's not rule out Charlie's mother, either. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, she's Ch- lonely. Yeah. And Charlie talks about, like, oh, there's there's guys every now and then. Yeah. He's like... Yeah. yeah. And then, then as soon now as they and then see, at 2 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they see him, they're like out of there. And so he's like, oh, got to grab my mailbag and get out of here. The kid's home. Uh, yeah, I could see. Do you think A couple Casey, of overnight deliveries. Do you think Casey is that kind of person, though? Yes. <laughs> that would like take a dig because he knew that like Peter's mom was fucking the mailman. Oh, I was just talking about Casey Conway. Do you think oh, Casey I thought you were talking is, about. Yeah. Don't. Casey Garvin, but yeah, I was just talking about Casey Conway. Is Casey that kind of uh, person to uh, you know hang out with the mailman? Yeah, invite the gentleman caller in. Yeah, absolutely. I say. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think it's like one day she saw the mailman. It was just like it's probably a mailman. I mean, like, he's there every day. Yeah, and he uh, walks the streets. And he's okay. like, oh hey, how's it going? They're both single, and it's not like. The first day they meet, but I could see it happening over like a couple months. You know, yeah. you start chatting, and then one day it's hot day, get some lemonade inside. Do you think it's ever like you know your classic, you know, dick in a box situation? I think they probably play around with that. Yeah, <laughs> do a little do a little role playing. Yeah. Do you, do you think she's ever the male woman? 
Do you think oh, she God. ever has a special a special delivery? We're going into dark territory right now. I don't know. It depends on the mailman, I guess. That's true. Is the mailman yeah. actually one of the ducks' dads? Ooh. Oh. Wait, how? I don't know. It was just like it was one. Oh, of them just like a, a like Carp's dad is the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Working class yeah. team. Working class area. They might be. But I feel like we would see him eventually. And I feel like that would be a pretty big rift. Yeah. Among the players. Because, I mean, that's they're bound to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like people know if the Hawks are talking about it. So, probably not apparent. But. So, probably not a duck. Maybe, but maybe a guy. Like, they all know the mailman. So, it's like, yeah. dude, this mailman's been delivering us our mail for, like, <laughs> our whole lives. Now, she's boning Charlie's mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, Charlie. Charlie's mom getting around there. All right. Uh, another mystery solved here. Uh, go to thequackattack.com. Contact us. Uh, go buy your T-shirts. Buy your Quacklight shirts, sweatshirts, onesies, hoodies, whatever else you want to buy. Uh, That's at thequackattack.threadless.com. And, uh, and take a photo of yourself wearing the shirt and tweet at us, and we'll retweet it. Yes. Yes. And you know, who knows? We might give you something if if you take okay if you take a picture with your shirt on at a cool place. There's a chance we will send you another shirt of our new design, which is yet to be released. Anyway, Twitter at Quackatech Pod. That's where you can tweet it to it. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com/slash Quackatech Pod. iTunes. Go there. Give us a five-star review. Tell us how you think Luis Mendoza's speed skating career plays out. Listen to us on Stitcher. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack. Ain't no turning back.